0: That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. Porter! Porter! They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't, um, that we didn't see this year. Personnel issue. I think. I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I. I think. And it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff. on You his can't. Part. You can't. It, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home, and I get to stay home.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me once again is my good pal, Ishmael Johnson. Ish, good how are pal. You today? <laughs>
0: Friday. Good pal. Uh, no, I'm good. Uh, it's a regional finals weekend for the girls in high school, and so uh, we're about one week. I guess this time next week, I'll be in San Antonio for the girls' state championships. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Is there any
1: – who from the DFW still in it? I know uh, Argyle I mean, made a couple rounds, but are they, are they in it? The we'll say again. Who? I was going to say Argyle all I know. That, Argyle, that used to Argyle be in got it.
0: upset earlier in the, in, the, in the playoffs, so they're not there, not here, uh, which is weird to say. Uh, but, no, there's still some. I mean, South Lake Carroll plays Capel. We're recording on Friday, so a couple – you know, six hours from now. Keller, Little Elm, um DeSoto, which is actually not surprising because, of course, they're DeSoto, but like they did reload everybody. And so they're yeah. still, they're still, uh, have a really good shot at going back to San Antonio with like an entirely different team. Um, so yeah, it's still going to, it's, there's still plenty of DFW, but it's probably, it isn't as, um, with DeSoto not being as good as last year and then South Grand Prairie being out, it's not as DFW heavy as it was. And in, in, particularly in 6A.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking L- the four LSU commits Mulkey has are not from Texas this year. But oh, last yeah. year, she had Alisa uh, Williams from uh, Braswell and mm. then uh, Semiah Smith. Yeah. Uh, so she had those two. But yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, A lot of interesting basketball to talk about this week. Um, And this will probably be our last, I guess, normal regular season podcast because – Mm-hmm. Starting next week, the Sun Belt and Southland waste no time getting into their conference <laughs> tournaments. So we will have conference tournament previews on Tuesday's pod and on Friday's pod. Friday's pod will be the the main one for all of the uh, um, the upcoming tournaments uh, throughout mm-hmm. the weeks. Uh, some women's tournaments are earlier. It's just it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess, but we'll get through it uh, next week uh, to preview all those. So stay stay tuned for that. Um, the regular season still has a couple weeks left. Um, for the teams that aren't in the Southland and the the Sun Belt, and there's one team in particular that I want to start with that I I've just I've had enough, and they were on the bubble for a long time. It felt like they were getting overlooked. You know, nobody was taking them seriously, including me. I'll, I'll take some of the blame. I'll tap my chest. I I didn't think they were legit contenders, mm-hmm. but now you cannot tell me. At this moment, and it's gonna sound crazy, you can't tell me Texas A&M is not the second best team in the SEC. Man, that's you it. Can't. I know Tennessee is Tennessee is Tennessee, right? Like everybody loves Tennessee. <laughs> I don't like Tennessee personally. That's <laughs> it. They're not making it out of the second round in my bracket. Okay, I don't trust them. I don't think they're great. Um, sure. This game was at A&M, and it was a close game. Like Tennessee, very well could have won the game. I'm there on my treadmill watching it, and the last two minutes took like 15 minutes, and I was dying. Yep. I pleased in this game. But still, Texas AM to me, I trust them more than Tennessee going into the postseason. I think this is the
0: second best team in the
1: SEC. It
0: it's pretty crazy. Like I kind of agree at this point. You know, they're on a what six-game win streak now after that Tennessee <laughs> win. And they're arguably on their best run of the season, right? You get you have a win over Arkansas, you got a win over Tennessee in there. Um you know, I don't know. There are Auburn's in there as well in that stretch as well. They're probably like, and I guess I don't know. They haven't been playing like, like you. To me, I don't watch this team i all. Like this is the best offense or the best defense in the SEC, right? But they are like probably, aside from Alabama, the most balanced team. Like Tennessee defensively is great. Offensively, they're so hard to watch, right? Like, and and it feels like that's the case for most of the sec you can correct me if i'm wrong but it feels like you're either really solid on one side and then you just fall off a cliff on the other right yeah. and alabama and AM are the two teams that have like i think let me see i want to say a and like in the middle of but yeah so like they're they're second in offense in the conference and they're the third in defense right yeah. um if you want to go by effective field goal percentage they're fifth and sixth respectively and uh, percentage and the percentage allowed and so it's like yeah they don't they don't fall off a cliff on either end and so they're not spectacular either way but when you have such a variance outside of Alabama with everybody else like yeah I, th- I think it does say something that It's like yeah actually this team's just kind of stable right now and this team is just like able and we talked about you know the fact that aside you know you have Wade Taylor right who probably is kind of flourishing into being maybe the guy that, you know, uh, at least I didn't think he would be, I thought he'd be really good, but he potentially is turning into this, like maybe next cat, uh, next step, you know, upper caliber player. Um, but for the most part, it is more of a team oriented team, right? There's not going to be a guy averaging 20 per se, but they're going to be able to get things done just by doing that, especially in an SEC. That's kind of still trying to figure out who its best teams are like from what we maybe thought at one point this year.
1: Yeah, and we've covered the the intricacies of A&M over the past couple of weeks. I don't want to say we mm-hmm. haven't talked about them enough because we have. But right. more looking at them big picture, and which why I want to start with them, mm-hmm. if Alabama loses to either Arkansas or Auburn, and that's not out of the realm of possibility even though both are at home. like They barely beat South Carolina in overtime. So um, this is an Alabama team that has plenty going on on the court and off the court at this moment. And if Alabama loses Arkansas or Auburn, as those last as those two games, we could be setting up for AM and Alabama playing for the regular season title on March fourth yep. in the final game of the regular season.
0: Right, like, just like a, literally a straight up play in for the regular season title. Yeah, for the regular
1: season for the trophy. Just put the trophy yep. on the sideline. Right. And like like game seven of the finals type stuff. Just <laughs> right. Put it there and the winner goes over and grabs it. Like yep. that, we're almost at that point. It's not out of the realm of possibility that AM wins the SEC. Mm-hmm like how far has this team come like we again we've talked about it plenty of times they lost to wofford murray state colorado you, you name it memphis like yeah. all these teams and then they come in the sec and early on i was like i mean their schedule wasn't very hard like they were they beat up on lsu and south carolina and uh missouri and then you know it starts to get a little bit more challenging i was like all right well let's see how they do against the auburns and the uh, arkansas well, i mean at one
0: point we were like i mean At one point, we were like, is this team making the tournament? You know, like, just like, because again, the non-conference wins, the non-conference resume just wasn't there. And so I was like, okay, you lose to Colorado, Memphis, and Boise State, right? You lose all three of those games. And it wasn't even like, oh, they split one. No, they lost all three. And those were their toughest and their best non-conference games that they had. Um, And so they lose all three of those. And I was like, okay, well, this team is not making the tournament unless – because we – I also will say we thought the SEC would be a lot better in certain aspects, right? Arkansas has been a really big disappointment. Tennessee has been just completely up and down. Alabama um, Alabama's obviously been great. Kentucky, Yeah, that's a great one. Kentucky is just, like, been whatever they have been this year. And so we figured it was like, oh, there's no way they're punching into the, – like, at the, you know, we're maybe looking at fourth or fifth, right? Possibly sixth. Yeah. And – a little bit. It's been a little bit of both or this team definitely is better than we thought. And then a lot of the other teams have just like not been able to figure things out, particularly the teams like Kentucky. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think there was one point where they were on. They had that win streak to start conference and then we were like, OK, then they, then they but then they caught Kentucky when it looked like Kentucky kind of turned things around a little bit. Right. And it was like, oh, OK, never mind. They're actually not that great because I think it was when they destroyed when AM destroyed Missouri. We were mm-hmm. like, okay, this team actually put, could be pretty good. And we were like, oh, man, Kentucky's on a downturn. This could be a really big year. And then they lose to Kentucky. And it was like, okay, maybe they're not as great. But it looks like that was kind of just a blip on the radar. Because um, really, I mean, they've only lost two games. And it's been to two teams that we kind of figured on paper are more talented. And so maybe it's yeah. just an off game from them. But, yeah, I mean, Kentucky and Arkansas, if you told me at the beginning of the year that those would be their two losses in conference, that'd be nuts. <laughs> Joe Lenardi has them up to a six seed. Right
1: I was about now, to say, they're crazy. firmly
0: in now. Like, this is like.
1: like they can, and you brought they it up can... about them missing the tournament. They weren't in the tournament probably until the win over Arkansas on February sure. 15th. Like, literally a week and a half ago. Like, after they lost, um, after they, I mean, they lost Arkansas and then, you know, beat Georgia, beat Auburn, and beat LSU. Even after that, February 11th, we weren't. Mm-hmm. We were being told that they weren't in in the tournament. Like maybe yeah. the play-in games, like all that stuff. They've won three straight games. You can't ask for anything more. Beat Arkansas, Missouri, and Tennessee in succession.
0: And now, in the like, if they go, they, I you know I bet they go two and one down the stretch. They can go one and two and get bounced in the first round, and they're still in. Yeah, like th- this resume is spoken for itself at this point.
1: Yeah, like it's they're done. So yeah, um yeah, huge run. I wanted to give them a shout out because. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just continue to impress me. I watched that almost that whole Tennessee game. I was like, yeah, this is this is something. This is very, very impressive run from 13-2 and could be potentially, possibly playing for a conference championship on March 4th if that is the case. And then that just obviously makes the tournament not even worth while for them at that point. So right. we'll see how high they can climb. Um, they should be in the top 25, in my opinion, um, in On Monday, if people... I believe they
0: finally punched back into the top 25. I think they were
1: number 25, actually, now that I think about it. So, I mean, I would have them closer to 20, but we'll see. All right. The Big 12. Got to talk about the Big 12. Mm -hmm. Have to talk about the Big 12 because it's heating up. Kansas and Texas are both at 11 and 4. It looks like those are the two. Those are the guys. Those are the two teams that could win the conference. The regular season title... Um. Kind of like in uh, football, where the SEC is like it just means more. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I treat the Big Twelve in basketball because right. to me, the regular season title for the Big Twelve is probably the most is probably the most impressive trophy you can win outside of winning the tournament. Easily, like that is it. So we have uh, Texas and Kansas battling at eleven and four. Real quick. Set it up. Texas last three games: Baylor, TCU, Kansas. With Baylor and TCU on the road, then Kansas has West Virginia and Texas Tech at home, and then Texas on the road. Hmm. So I think it's really the balls in Texas' court to take care of business against uh, Baylor and TCU, which is not going to be easy. They play Baylor on Saturday, on the road. Ken Palm has them losing it. Uh, they also Ken Palm also has TCU as a slight favorite at home on Wednesday against Texas. And what what percentage chance do you think Texas has of winning the regular season? Because they're going to have to win out. They're going to have to beat Baylor, you and Kansas. Like, yeah. You know, I like, mean,
0: 10%? I'll give them honestly. I'm probably giving them a thirty percent chance. Yeah. Um, not only because of that, their stretch is obviously tougher. But like, Kansas gets West Virginia and Tech at home. Now, Tech obviously, we'll talk about them in a bit. They've turned things around significantly. Um and but regardless they still if you're Kansas sure yeah you'll take them in the final home game final home game of the regular season yeah you'll absolutely take that um and then at that point you know it that's if both these teams go unbeaten right that's not saying you know that's assuming Texas beats Baylor and TCU um then you maybe get a one-off and okay, cool. Let's let's see what happens at the Moody Center and let's let's see what goes on. Uh, at that point, yeah, sure. Obviously, it's a coin flip. Um, Texas gets you at home, you know. you at that team, at that time, both teams will be theoretically riding some momentum and, and going into that. But just just the the two paths are just very, very different. Texas can beat Baylor and Ortiz, right? Let's not kid ourselves, but knowing that they need to and then knowing that kansas gets both these teams at home that's gonna be really tough like really 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 tough um so yeah that's why i would put right now 30 percent chance just because i i can't put my name to that yet yeah. like i just can't say like yes we'll we'll get a playoff one one game playoff for the regular season title in austin at the end of the year just because i like, don't know i couldn't guarantee that <laughs> Yeah, I don't
1: know who made the schedules, but heck, we were just talking about AM and Alabama. Right. Possibly <laughs> playing for one, and now we could get Texas-Kansas playing for one. And yeah. even if Texas loses one of those two and then beats Kansas in the end, I mean, would that not be – they? so they would have split the season series. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would they be sharing the, the title, co-champs of the regular season I, if I, they split? I don't know I if there's another tiebreaker, fun. but they'd have the same record and split the, the the season series. So
0: I think it'd be co-champs, yeah.
1: So even then, we're looking at a very significant milestone for Texas that hasn't won a co-championship even since, I think it was 06. I don't remember what it was exactly. I don't think it was the Kevin Durant team. right? But it was in that range, in that time. They haven't won one outright since the 90s. So um, it would be a massive, massive achievement for Texas if they were able to do that. But still, um, we'll see how it plays out. But that's – like, Texas Baylor – and, well, you know, we don't talk too long about Baylor. Ba- Baylor played Kansas State on the road on Tuesday, Tuesday night. I watched a good amount of that game. And Baylor jumps out a bit. It looks like Kansas State was a little starstruck, but Jerome Tang and them, dude, they just – it feels like Tang – and it's not a Kansas State podcast, but it feels like they have such good control of the sure. game. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to word it any better. It just feels like his team trusts him. They're calm and – Baylor's defense just kind of did what they did against Kansas. They just kind of folded to a degree, and it's it's hard to keep keep pace when you can't stop anybody. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Baylor Texas on Saturday. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, what was the other game I had? Oh, TCU, TCU, yes. TCU, TCU, um, TCU plays Texas Tech in what has become a big game on Saturday. I was about to say
0: overnight. So, so a quick peek at bracketology. Texas Tech. I think they were in the next 4 out. Yeah. So which is still insane. That still means they got work to do, right? So that that means they're clearly out of the tournament right now, but that means that they're on the, the docket of teams that if certain teams slip up, they're going to be the ones to get bumped up. Regardless, the fact that we're talking about them in this capacity is crazy. Like they pulled off another crazy win that that is I don't know. At first, I was like, okay, they're winning these games, but they're winning on, on at home. At home, so I was like, okay, it's fine. But then they beat West Virginia and then Oklahoma on the road, and it's like, okay, like here's here's something going on. Before those two wins, they hadn't had a conference win, or they had, yeah, no, they hadn't had a conference win at home. Um, yeah. Their only conference win. They didn't have a win from, all season. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Well, no, no, they had. They had let me see oh lsu lsu (laughs) which is another bad team so who cares um yeah they hadn't won on the road all year except for lsu or away from home oh i keep saying that away from home all year except for at lsu which is another bad team so who cares um and so yeah now you get back to back your two biggest wins arguably the two biggest away wins of the year now and Okay, now you get TCU at home. TCU is kind of having its own issues, right? Mike Miles, is he fully healthy? We don't know. He played like he was healthy, the min- minutes-wise. Um, yeah. So we'll see. But they're still trying to figure out their late game, you know, or late season uh, situation there. And then you get Kansas. And, you, you know, Kansas, of course, we talked about it. Um, you'll take Kansas in that game, but they played them close at home. Yep. Um, obviously, Lawrence is different, but... I don't know, at that point, you're, you know, you, you essentially this is tournament time for Texas Tech, right? Like right now, like they can't drop any of these games and have a realistic shot unless they go on a good tournament run, which is possible, a uh, conference tournament run. Um, they can't lose these games and expect to get in like they probably have in, in recent years where it's like, oh, it's fine, you know, we'll get a, an 11 or something. It's like, no, now you're battling for something. Like you've got to figure it out.
1: The Kansas game is the only one that they maybe could could lose. Sure, if, sure, yeah. If I think they
0: will give, give them credence for losing that one.
1: And if they lose that game, they're gonna have to make up for it with a tournament win. Easily,
0: like, I you, think they got to make a semi or something at the very yeah, least. Yeah,
1: like, like so. If they well, the TCU win is gonna hold a lot of weight. That's what yeah. everyone's kind of waiting for. That's why this game is so big. I think it's big for both teams because um, even TCU has been slipping and slipping and slipping. And Ken at Bomb some has point, Tech a TCU, is a favorite
0: now, which is nuts.
1: Yeah, at some point, if you're TCU, you have to. Reestablish yourself. They're down. They're down to a six seed in bracketology. If they lose this game, I mean, I think they drop to a seven. And I'm looking at some of the eight seeds here, and I'm kind of wondering if I'm putting them over TCU at this point. Well, uh, if you're,
0: I mean, let's look at it. Right, you lose to Tech, and then you get Texas, and then maybe you get some, you know, some Oklahoma as as much relief as you can get in the Big 12 against Oklahoma. But it's like, okay, do you enter Oklahoma on losing? You know, winning one game in the past month, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Because they've, <laughs> other than the Oklahoma State win, they haven't won a game since. Wow, that is crazy. So they've lost four of the last five. Mm-hmm. If they lose to Tech in Texas, that'll be six of the last seven before Oklahoma. Yeah, and again, we give them credit. We give them credit for – or not credit, but we give them a pass for not sure. playing without Mike Miles. So, but, Right, but, and then a
0: hobbled Eddie Lambkin at times. Yeah, so.
1: but at the end of the day, your resume is your resume, right? Like healthy or, yep. or not healthy, your resume is your resume, and if you're losing games, you're not going to make it. Like that only right. carries so much weight here. So um, I think it's a huge game for both teams. I don't know who I'm picking to win at this point. Um, Texas Tech at home – Right. We've talked about them, you know, not being able to win on, win on the road. I mean, they've at least been able to play at home. Even when they were losing games early in the season, they lost by three at home to Kansas, went to overtime with Oklahoma and lost, um, and then lost by seven to Baylor at home. Like, mm-hmm. they've had good results at home throughout the, the season. So, um, I'm, I'm going to take Texas Tech. I'm going to take Texas Tech. I said I it before. Too. If they go 7-11, and 11, I think they're in the tournament, and that would yeah. require them to beat TCU and Oklahoma State. Um, and then probably win a game in the tournament, and
0: I think they're in at that point. By the way, a little bit about that tech win. I think we finally saw the Fardaw's AMAC we expected to see. He went 19 and 7, uh, eight of 13 from the field or from from two, and then he had he split uh one of two three pointers. So it was starting to get a little again. We were like wondering. Obviously, he wasn't the caliber of player, I think, that they were. It wasn't yeah. a Bryson Williams situation where it's like, oh, he's a good scorer in this conference USA, so he's going to be a good scorer here. It's like, okay, no, he had to adjust a little bit coming from the whack. But it's like the, if the, we saw a little bit of the ceiling right in this game, where it's like, okay, here is a first t- uh, a first option here potentially. Um, so we'll see if we get kind of more of this going forward. If it's not well, 19 points a game, maybe it's 15 or something. You know, something a little bit more than what they've been getting.
1: You know who else was back. Bob boy, our boy pop was back coming out three mm-hmm. or five from three immediately i mean need, need it's that. it's nice because i want to give a tip my cap i don't have a hat around me, but tip my cap to davion Harmon for what he did yeah. when all these guys were injured like he yeah. was really really consistent for this team and gave them a chance and was clearly the heartbeat of this team now you have pop and you have far and you have kevin o'banner who we talked about i mean jalen tyson had 18 points for you gotta say he's been playing actually a lot better recently so you take the pressure off and you have Davion Harmon where he's more natural is, which is more of a, a team first guy. I don't want to say pass first guy, but he is someone yeah. who can pick his spots a little bit more. He doesn't have to be as aggressive 24 seven.
0: So, Hey, this will be, I mean, we'll have to see again. It's off season. Wasn't good to them last year, but if, if tech can hold on to this team. Yeah. Like again, you lose Fardos, you lose O'Banner. So she, she you Harmon? I don't, I don't know, know. how much I
1: mean, eligibility harm has. I just know he's been. That's
0: That's a great question. <laughs> but um, I mean, Jalen Wilson was is a senior, so you, so he, he, they played obviously played together. Yeah, I think I don't. I don't yeah, think Harmer, okay, yeah, according to Tech at least he's a senior. So, still though, you'll t- I would take Isaac's Tyson, and I'm trying to think who was who else Acho. would be on this day. I chose back. But regardless, Macho, that's a that's a solid building block. Like those three guys going forward, and then maybe you know you obviously add somebody. Elijah Eliza Fisher, the or...
1: star freshman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: See, I I, I take that. Like going forward, if the, if like again, if Jalen Tyson keeps improving like this, if Pop Isaacs continues to be on his path, like yeah,
1: you got some guards.
0: Yeah, that's that's something to build off of, and you know we were just questioning a couple months ago. It was like, well, did they make the right move giving? Mark Adams, an extension. I was like, huh? it looks pretty good now. Yeah.
1: Jalen Tyson has put up 27 and then 18 in his last two games. So if that's the Jalen Tyson Ooh. they're getting, they being TCU. I promise mm-hmm. you that. Okay. Um, last thing, let's check in on the whack real quick before we move on. Um, I have the tab up somewhere. All right. Um, Sam Houston State is now on a four game win streak. Uh, we talked about it. They should be able to get on a little bit of a run, but now they have Southern Utah SFA uh, and Abilene Christian as their last three games. Um, they are a game back of Utah Valley. And I bring up Utah Valley because Tarleton state helped out SFA by beating Utah Valley. Um, mm-hmm. we said before these, U- these Utah and California and Seattle teams come over to Texas and uh Get a little, get a little bit of a Billy Gillespie ball. And they said, "No, send us back to the West Coast. We don't, we don't want this. This is not they fun. They're not built for this. We don't want, we don't want to play Tarleton again.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's not fun. Um, Tarleton wins seventy-seven to fifty-eight against Utah Valley. Again, Utah Valley leading the conference still after this loss. Um, <laughs> Tarleton thirty-four of thirty-eight from the free throw line." You're not losing games when you shoot thirty-four of thirty-eight from the free throw line. I just I promise you that. And right. Utah Valley, nineteen turnovers. I mean, and Tarleton only eight. If they can harness this the I don't even know what to call it, but the, the power that they have chaos. Of free, ball, throws, man, I'm you. of free throws and turnovers, it's like they've they have an equation to win games that sometimes it's or mo- a lot of times it's not going to work. They're eight name conference. I'm not saying they're a juggernaut here, but damn it. this These are the type of games we've talked about where they just might force 20 turnovers and shoot 40 free throws and win the game. I don't, that's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I have nothing else to say, but that's, this is no, a really, yeah. really interesting team. 100%. Okay. Um. Was that it? Um. SFA beat Abilene Christian in double overtime. I thought that was a noteworthy game. Um. I watched some of it, but SFA is now. Let me see. I just had it up. If it happens, you have a bunch of tabs open. Um. SFA is now fourth still. So they're they're in fourth uh, behind Southern Utah, who's in third, with tied with Sam Houston, um, as well. So. Mm-hmm. That's the layout in the WAC. I'm still looking at it. I mean, it's hard when New Mexico State is literally forfeiting games in your conference. I was about to say, like, um, that's
0: whatever happens
1: there now. Yeah. That's... Shout out to to UT Arlington at least for turning it around after starting 0 and 5. They're now 5 and 10. So right, <laughs> you know, one 5 and 5 a little stretch there. They beat SFA and whatnot. So there's your WAC rundown. Okay, let's
0: jump to the women's side. Do it.
1: Do you want to start with Texas State or Conference USA? Uh,
0: let's do. Let's get Texas State out of the way real quick because um, they're yeah they picked up a huge win over Louisiana and the bigger result probably was that happening along with Troy losing. So now Texas State is in the driver's seat of they're tied for second, but they're in the driver's seat in the better pole positioning for second behind James Madison. Uh, I believe they're twelve and four now. James Madison is no sorry they're twelve and five. James Madison's thirteen and four and they have a couple of tiebreakers over some of these teams. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a pretty a pretty interesting stretch for them. Uh let me see the remaining schedule. Uh so they just have Arkansas State cuz obviously uh, which they play today. Um and so obviously the tournament starts next week. So, we'll see. I mean, at this point again, they should beat Arkansas State. We'll see. Um I believe Arkansas State's tied for yeah. actually yeah, Six they're not 11. Forever. Yeah, I was about to say they're pretty bad. Um, so if they take care of business, then they get a. I, I think it's a buy to the semis. I think I forgot oh, how the sunbelt
1: set up. We love the the ladder uh, buys where it's just yeah.
0: I I think the sunbelt changed it to where they would get to where they try they try to position their best teams because I think it was a. Uh, I want to say it was an effect of the Scott Cross teams never making it because <laughs> their buys used to be awful, um, and so I want to say they have a buy to the semis now, but I'll I'll double check that, in a, in a, or I'll double check that now to make sure. Um, yeah, I mean it's a team that we've been like,
1: we weren't sure about early in the season about Texas State and even I think early in conference, but um, they've they've just been incredibly consistent. So shout out to Zinneray Antoine and mm-hmm. company. Yeah, they Kennedy play Taylor.
0: similar to AM. They're they're second in or sorry, they're third in field goal percentage, fifth in uh field goal percentage allowed. So again, it's one of those, you know, it's one of those just finding balance, right? Last year, I believe they that was one of their Achilles heels defensively. They were just so inconsistent offensively, so they were more or less fine. Um, but it, this year, you know, players like Tiana Eaton have come on as like other options. It's not just Kennedy Taylor sitting up Danesia Hood, right? Mm-hmm. Um And so I think that's been a big, big benefit. Let me see. I have the thing. I have the – here it is. Okay, so no, but it's a buy to the quarters, which is still great. Like you'll still take that. So you got to win three games. Yeah, you got to win three. And I think – I remember when it it used to be – they used to set it up to where it was almost like impossible for like an eight seed because you had to win like five games in five days more or less. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's similar to this year where it's – if you have a bottom seed, it is – very much almost impossible yeah one two three four yeah so if you're uh 11 through 14 you got to win tuesday wednesday thursday friday tuesday wednesday and then you get a little break friday sunday and then yeah you just got to keep going um for texas state if they hold on to this two, even if they drop to a three they still get a bye to the semis uh or a bye to the quarters they just got to play um uh, a six or a five but regardless um it's either late on Tuesday on Friday and then Sunday. So yeah, you play you basically gotta win three games in one, two, three, four days. So you'll take that. You know, and again, that's a that's one through four seeds, I believe. Uh get that quarterfinals by. That's gonna I mean,
1: heck, we're previewing them on Tuesday. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what uh, the standings look like. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, Conference USA women's because we started talking about them off air, and I was like, "Hold on, timeout." I feel like I have no grasp on how the standings are going in the right. Conference USA women's side because it's Middle Tennessee, and then I have no idea everybody else. Right. Middle Tennessee is fifteen and two. All right, UTEP yep. and Western are tied for second at eleven and six, and we've talked about UTEP maybe being you know a little disappointing again. Mm -hmm. but they've they've come around 11 and six is obviously a very good year for them Mm -hmm. um three games left for all this for uh, conference Tuesday. by the way they play 20 games so utep western tied for second rice and la tech tied for fourth um at 10 and Mm seven apiece we talked about rice being disappointing as well but hey they're they're up there north texas is at sixth at eight and ten and that's where the drop comes so Eight and ten for North Texas, FIU, Charlotte, UTSA, all have seven wins. UTSA is now seven and eleven. That North North Texas beat Charlotte last night, so that's a pretty big game in terms of getting the difference between sixth and like eighth. Yeah. Um, or was it seventh? One, two, three, four. Yeah, sixth and eighth. So that's kind of the layout right now. Again, we will we hold UTSA to a different standard than we do like North Texas rice and UTEP right now because they are rebuilding. So Mm -hmm. we have been very positive with UTEP and not as positive with the other three teams here with that. I mean, with that being said, we thought UTEP and rice, you know, could possibly compete with middle for the conference title. And then North Texas, I mean, Jalen Mitchell has been there for like 10 years almost. And so we're kind of waiting for that breakout to happen. Uh, What are your thoughts on, on this overall just, um, have we been too harsh on on these teams?
0: Yeah, I mean for UNT, no, because like you mentioned, they had they've they have one of the longer tenured coaches now in the conference, um, and they were on a good turn there, right? Until that UTSA loss, and we talked about that UTSA loss kind of being more about hurting UNT more than maybe like we thought it was a good step for UTSA, but we thought it hurt UNT more, right, going forward. And I think that's kind of right because now you got middle. Right, coming up on sat what next week Monday mm-hmm. yeah and then you finish off with the Western with Kentucky which okay sure but um that's gonna be so two tough games so you potentially end losing again we'll see but like potentially losing three out of your last four and if that happens like I want let's let's put it this way if they were to have beaten UTSA right and get to that nine. And finish like nine and 12 or whatever it was, whatever. Yeah. And so you have, that would put you about, let me see. Cause I'm trying to see like what their seating would be theoretically if they, again, you have to gauge other teams and all that, but let's say they yeah. finish eight and 12, right? Um, Probably. They, seventh. I was about to say, and at that point it gets to the win four games in four days thing. Yeah. Right. And, and if they're going to
1: have to play. If
0: you beat UTSA, okay. Well, it's like, okay, then you can at least get a buy. Yeah. Right. But now it's like, now it's looking tough to get that buy. Now it's looking really tough to get that buy because you got to, you got to, well, you definitely got to pull one upset. And now mm-hmm. you potentially got to get two, potentially. Like, and again, all of a sudden it turns into, I'm not saying like, to me, it wasn't Jaylee Mitchell's not NCAA tournament or bust, right? So it's not like, oh, yeah. they, they miss out. So she's going to lose her. But it is like a disappointing season to be like, well, yeah, you kind of expected to compete for a conference title. And now it's like, again, now you got to pull off a miracle run, which is insane. As we know, to pull off these like, you know, uh, three day, four day stretches, uh, uh, it's hard enough as it is. And now you're going to have to do it if you drop these two games.
1: Yeah. UTEP. Um, has FAU Western and Middle as its last three games, so they could drop a couple as well. It's just a, it's gonna be a, an interesting, uh, couple weeks here to see how the women's side shakes out because it doesn't feel like we have a good grasp of any of these teams except Middle Tennessee is probably gonna go and walk to the championship in Frisco after right. winning the regular season title as well. So, yep, everybody else is kind of playing for second at this point. Mm-hmm. But whoever does come in second. We I'll I'll give my applause to if it's UTEP sure. or Rice. If it's UTEP or Rice coming in second, I'll be happy with that. Right. Yeah, I just we'll see UTEP versus Western will be an interesting game coming up in a in uh on March
0: second mm-hmm. on the road for UTEP. I'm trying to think who's Rice got. Who's Rice finished with? Let's uh, see. Charlotte, FAU, FIU. Yeah, they, I mean, so I got the easiest schedule. Yeah, there. man, that's that's intriguing. Like UTEP finishing as a number two or something, maybe. Or no, Rice. Sorry, Rice, Rice finishing is number, number two. two. That do, that, we, that, good that I, I don't know if that's. I don't know if that like fully washes away the disappointment of like how this overall conference season has gone for them, compared to the regular season. But I might be buying a little bit of that if they go into if they go on a three and zero win streak heading into the conference tournament.
1: I mean, we know they have the personnel to make a run. Oh, easily so that's that's what we're trying to figure out how to harness this right right how <laughs> to how to this this out. we'll go from there all right um anything else uh we no. said we're gonna do a bracketology podcast on tuesday yes so we'll do yes, we'll tuesday. do our
0: conference or two conference previews um which you know some built only one team so it doesn't yeah. to be that long and then we'll go into a deep dive over some bracketology i'll examine some of the the bigger outlets, see what they're saying. Obviously we've referenced Joe Lenardi a lot, but CBS of course does theirs. And we'll kind of see what we think um, about certain paths, certain resumes that teams need to kind of either boost or, you know, um, kind of keep, keep hold of.
1: Yep. And then that, that next Friday we'll do a full um, conference preview podcast because some of them start Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, whenever. So we're going to have that early and then in, in advanced so all right there you go there's the pod I uh, hope y'all enjoyed it um we will talk to y'all again on tuesday uh have a nice weekend uh, like we said it's a couple of really big games there especially on the men's side in the big 12 texas baylor texas tech tcu we'll have eyes on that so uh you can follow us on twitter at matthew bruni underscore and at ishmael johnson and at dct basketball we tweet out all the podcasts over there uh you can follow Follow us on YouTube if you haven't already. You can check mm-hmm. out the Twitter and the links are on there. And uh yeah, DCT basketball, uh, textbasketball.com, all that good stuff. Leave us five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. We appreciate y'all for joining us and we'll talk to y'all later.